just a point. Um, we, we keep hearing people talking about Rashida Tlaib's censure and using the words almost interchangeably censor. It has nothing to do with silencing her. Right. It is a condemnation. It is blame. And it's official reprimand. Um, she can still sp- speak Speaking. as objectionably as she wants That's to. Right. She can, but she'll get whacked again. Like yeah. um, there is uh, a, a bill right now up in Lansing that would repeal Michigan's sur- current surrogacy law. This is the act of uh, basically a, a want want to be uh, an aspiring mother and father to use their own genetic material, but to implant that in a third party, a woman who will carry the baby for them. Right now, Michigan's uh, current surrogacy laws are not very friendly to couples that are seeking a family. And so it is under reform. We wanted to find out exactly what that process is like and why the Michigan law can be so onerous uh, to these prospective families. And a friend of a friend joins us, Reed Fenton is a father, and a father thanks to surrogacy. And we welcome in Reed to tell his story and to kind of give a human context to this uh, debate that's going on up in Lansing. Reed, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, guy. So tell us, you and your wife, your wife had a, an illness that prevented her from carrying your child, but you were able to freeze some eggs. When you decided to go the surrogacy route, why was your home state not a friendly place to do that? Um, well, I'm not exactly sure of the origins of why Michigan is, uh, I believe, the last state to not allow surrogacy. Um, but as we began our journey and started searching for how to be able to uh, obtain a family of our own, uh, we quickly realized that we had to go outside of the state of Michigan. Um, and so fortunately, Chicago is one of the more friendly uh, markets that allows this. But uh, yeah, we had to go through an agency out of Chicago and we're fortunate enough to find a surrogate in Chicago. Um, but uh, pretty much any agency or any lawyer will advise you, you have to avoid the state of Michigan because of the laws. Well, so it's not against the law, but again, why does the, why is Michigan so unfriendly? What, what, what is, what are the circumstances of the law that forced you to go to Illinois? Yeah, sorry. So they, they allow surrogacy if you volunteer, but they do not allow it if you pay for it. And so to find a total stranger, unless you have a friend or a family member that'd be willing to carry the child for you, um, you have to go out of state. And really, it, it's such an unknown area that if, if you get launched into this journey, you have to go find some resources. And most resources are going to be either an agency or an attorney. Um, and so, yeah, and that is where... Uh, we had to go seek outside help and, and really uh, find a state that would allow us to pay for um, a surrogate to do this. Yeah, because here in Michigan, it's it's not illegal, but it's it's contracted uh, surrogacy that's that's banned, and and people could go to jail. I mean, you could you could spend a year in prison and pay a, a pay a fine. Um, this uh, what they're trying to change is is very important. There's a a couple who uh, did the same thing, who had a surrogate, uh, and uh, had it took two years for them to get their child back. Not because the surrogate wanted the child; it was because the the surrogate and her husband were on the birth certificate listed as the parents. Well, and and actually, we had a good friend volunteer uh, locally recently for our for our second journey. And as we explored trying to go down that path in Michigan we found out that you actually have to sue them 
uh, I, I believe it's via to obtain your paternity rights over the child, and you have to do it in a very short period of time after they're pregnant. And if that fails and, and the judge rules against you saying that's not valid, then you have to adopt your own child. For those who don't understand IVF, it is the woman's eggs. It is the men's, you know, sperm. And you make an embryo that is your child. And then you place the embryo in someone else and they just carry your child. Now, the Michigan Catholic Conference has come out and called this a threat to women and children that says the church recognizes the suffering of married couples experiencing infertility. There is great concern that surrogacy exploits women, makes children into commodities, and comes with risk to the life and health of both the surrogate mother and the baby. As someone who struggled with infertility for four years, people in this struggle care about life so much that they're willing to do anything to have a child. And that is so special. And I, I do not agree with, obviously, that that way of thinking, and I'm sure you don't either, Reed. No, not at all. I think that, uh, you know, once we found out we were unable to conceive naturally, you know, it was all my wife ever wanted. And I think that there's a misconception across the country that this should be a, a political discussion. It, it is a large majority are straight couples that have infertility issues. Yes, there is the you know, gay couples also use surrogacy to obtain the child as well. And then uh, I think it's also been tied to abortion in some cases. Just they're just they're not they're not related. They should not be related. It is the large majority of couples that have challenges, and this is their only route to obtain a family. So I view it mostly as you know, if this is your only path, you're just preventing good people from creating a family of their own who want to be parents and create a exactly. wonderful family. Yes. Well, and the irony here is some of the special interests that are opposing this in other venues, would lay claim to being pro-family organizations. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and that's what's kind of ironic about it all. I guess the other thing to read is that even if you do have a contract, even if the child is 100% biologically yours, uh, the, the surrogate can change their minds in the state of Michigan, and you would have necessarily no standing in many cases. That, that's correct, and that's why everyone advised advises against it in Michigan is even if it is your dear friend and you know, wh whatever may occur, if they change their mind, if their child is a state. And that is why no one will ever, uh, no, no third party, no agency, no attorney will ever support you in Michigan just because they know you don't have a chance. Well, you know, there's this idea that possession is nine tenths of the law. <laughs> um, I mean, just speak to the fact that women do bond to a child that they're carrying, even though it may not be technically their child biologically how do we make sure that we're not harming those women uh yeah well actually i think one misconception i think is that uh, a lot of people assume you can just come into go to an agency and say you know i'd like to be a surrogate it's actually one in two thousand women pass all of the hurdles to become a surrogate you have to go through psychological screenings you have to go through yes. physical screenings you have countless interviews so that if you go through this process the people that are there are the women that are willing and wanting to help others. They're not doing it for the money. They're not doing it for any reason other than they want to help people because they've either seen good friends or family go through a similar journey or they've done it themselves and they were yeah. fortunate enough to then uh, begin to start to conceive naturally. So, um, so yeah, I think that if, if you were to, if anyone that's been through this journey has seen it, the, the number of protocols, additional appointments, inspections, I mean, it is over the top, 
and that is exactly to protect the surrogate. On top of that, in your contract, it lays out very, very clearly if there's anything life-threatening to the, the surrogate mother, uh, they, they will save her over the baby. And do we you, should did, put do you those... have a family read? Did it work? I do, yes. Well, then, it congratulations. I, I have yes. month old son. Yep. And his so, name is? His name is Ford. Ford. I love that. Congratulations. Thank you. It's, um, we should point out that all of those concerns are built into this new Michigan law. There, there are mental health screenings. There are a number of uh, certainly female-sensitive um, safeguards here. It is currently being debated. I had the bill number in front of me. HB 5207. Thank you. I thought that I had 5702. I think there are Dyslexic two. brain. Yeah, 5207 <laughs> and 5215. Um, and you can see for yourself just how every eventuality uh, they have tried to anticipate in this law. And we know people feel strongly about it, but it does build families. And that's something that I think is, is worthy of encouragement. Reed, thanks for sharing. I know this is a very personal journey that you've been on uh, with your wife. We wish you well in attempt number two. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you. Reed Fenton, uh, a father uh, in every sense of the word. Yeah. Uh, 100%. And, and looking to, to, to go as a, for, for round two. Uh, we thank him for sharing. 745 on News Talk 760. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the uh, Supreme Court argument over whether or not you can bar someone from buying a weapon because of a domestic abuse, uh, abuse allegation. That's next.